0: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer.
1: And I'm Jake Sherman.
0: And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, January 5th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, there's another House Democrat heading for the exits, plus a steep peek on how the Cook Political Report with Amy Walter sees the midterms. Number two, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's last week. And number three, where things stand on government funding. All right, Jake let's get into it here the top story of the morning continues to be the number of house democrats who are seemingly heading for the announcements it's almost a daily occurrence at this point representative brenda lawrence the democrat from michigan becoming the 25th house democrat to announce that she will forego a re-election bid in november Lawrence's district is heavily democratic, so it's not like this is going to be a game changer for Republicans in in terms of picking up that seat. But still, a notable retirement.
1: Yeah, notable for a lot of reasons because they've there's now been twenty five retirements. Um, you know, we we wrote back a couple of weeks ago, or uh, I think that. Republicans were were anticipating up to 30 something retirements and they're not that far 30 something Democratic retirements. They're not that far off. Um, If you're a Democrat and you just want to brush this off, then God bless you. I don't know what to tell you. Um, But um, Brenda Lawrence has a heavily Democratic seat, you know, seat shift in redistricting. Michigan went through one of the most drastic uh, redistricting processes in the country, the map has been completely shifted and blah, blah, blah. So I get it. I, I It's a it's been it. The state is is different. But, you know, this is just happening every single day now. Uh, Democrats are just heading for the exits in the House. This usually um, presages a a big loss, not to mention that that, you know, Democrats are historically, as we say all the time, due for a big loss either way. Um, second veteran member of the CBC, the powerful congressional black caucus just this week to announce their retirement, Bobby Rush, uh, as the Detroit news points out, Lawrence is the only Michigan Democrat, um, on the, uh, uh, house appropriations committee and, uh, seven CBC members are not run, are not running next year. Karen Bass, Anthony Brown, and Val Demings running for different offices, I don't know, Anna. I think, you know, it's not great to have this many retirements for Democrats. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about the map in a second, as you noted. Um, Not great. I mean, like, what's the macro takeaway? The macro takeaway is people don't want to, for whatever reason, (laughs) people don't want to be a House Democrat right now
0: right i mean the comparison is pretty stark considering there's less than a dozen republicans in the house who've decided not to run for re-election so certainly something we're watching and i uh, just wanted to note we have a sneak peak Uh, in this morning's punchable news am uh, from the cook political report with amy walter their analysis of the house senate and gubernatorial races is second to none one and and stuff that we read every single day to make sure that we're up on what's happening there dave Wasserman, their house race ace as we are calling him in the newsletter has a pretty smart look at the landscape for the lower chamber uh, which could surprise you given all that's been said on this issue and as we were just mentioning, this current spate of House Democratic retirements.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, his view, and 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 he lays it out in pretty in pretty stark in pretty stark detail, um, is that redistricting is much more of a wash than they than Democrats had uh, Republicans had expected. I mean, there were a couple states where uh, uh, the maps were completely blown up, and a couple states where they got uh, a lot of uh, um, kind of uh, a, 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 a big big advantage, but but by and large, uh, Democrats still face tons of headwinds, right? I mean, they still have Joe Biden's approval ratings stink at the moment. They're in the low to mid forties. Uh, and remember, and and Wasserman points this out. It's not and and a lot of people point this out to to Kevin McCarthy and and urge him to not go crazy about how many seats he's gonna win. He can't help himself because he's Kevin McCarthy, but um, the majority, the Democrats majority is really small. Uh, it's 221 to 212, razor thin um, in a chamber of 435 seats. Um, having a majority of just, a, you know, fewer than 10 seats is 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 not much of a majority at all. Right. I mean, it's a it's a um, barely a majority. I, I don't want to go through all of the all of what Washington said. You should read it and subscribe at punchbowl.news to the newsletter this morning. Um, but it's a, it is a pretty, it's a pretty stark reminder of just how easy it is for Republicans to take back the majority. If they win 30 something seats, uh, they have the largest majority in, um, in almost a hundred years. Uh, and, uh, that's a big deal. And, um, you know, it's clear that Republicans have a very, very good year at hand. We've talked about this in the past, Plenty of things could screw this up. Um, uh, Both parties find ways to get in their own way all the time. Um, whether it's Donald Trump and God, Republicans got a, a lifeline this week when Trump said he wouldn't hold that press conference on January 6th. We'll talk much more about January 6th tomorrow, which is the one year anniversary of the Capitol, the attack on the Capitol. You know, there's a ton of lawsuits uh, that could change maps. and And we know this. I mean, maps change. There are, you know, in North Carolina specifically, there's kind of this this bloody battle over maps and and uh, the contours of races in the Tar Heel state they've they just can't get their damn map straight they never can get their map straight in in, in North Carolina um, but Wasserman makes this point the far more dramatic effect of twenty twenty two redistricting a rise in the number of hyper partisan seats at the expense of competitive ones a- and he makes a good point Anna and in, in states across the country um, the bigger dynamic is that many states that are predominantly controlled by one party, they chose to shore up their the party in control seats instead of giving that party more seats. Like in Texas, they, they, they shored up some Republican seats. They didn't carve out a bunch of new Republican seats, but Republican seats that were an R plus, I don't know, whatever, 12, are now an R plus 16 or 18. You know, you see that kind of... In a bunch of places, you saw that Democrats did that in New Jersey to Josh Gottheimer. They made his seat stronger Democratic um, where it was before a a swing seat. So uh, that's kind of the macro look, Anna, of where of where the House kind of House politics stand at the moment.
0: I just want to say I, I think it's an interesting point and something to, to note, because for everybody who wants Congress to potentially work more together to find more compromise, when you look at that macro trend, uh, it is not boding well for that. Coincidence. Yeah, and I actually
1: that's a really important point to make. Right. Because people don't actually want a Congress that like people say they want a Congress that works better together. But they actually don't when you well, they're go not putting down the t-
0: fundamentals together to actually in engender that to be, a, a, you know, more of a foster that kind of environment. Right. I mean, when you look at this, it basically means that you're not going to see a lot more Democrats and Republicans come together on things because you're going to be much more hyper partisan.
1: Yeah. That's exactly right. I mean, the way to the way to fo- to foster bipartisanship theoretically is make it in members' interest <laughs> to to get to bipartisan solutions, and and you're not going to do that with a bunch of seats that are one party or the other.
0: All right, let's quickly move on to the number two story of the morning uh, that we are watching very closely, which is. What is happening in the Senate? And really, it's kind of surprising. I think we teed up yesterday just how critical this month was going to be for Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, how he had all of these things on his agenda, whether it came from voting rights, the filibuster, BBB, government funding, all these different things. But it really looks like they have lost the week and it's going to be hard for them to avoid losing the month.
1: Yeah. Where the hell's a win for Senate Democrats at the moment? I mean, yesterday unfolded like a um, what a day for Senate Democrats. I mean, we led Punchbowl News midday for our premium subscribers. You should become one. I'll say that until I'm blue in the face. Hopefully I won't go blue (laughs) in the face, though. You had Joe Manchin in one kind of gaggle. I mean, uh, uh, say he's not for changing the filibuster, really. And Uh, He's done with BBB. I mean, he just doesn't even want to talk about the BBB anymore. It doesn't mean we're going to not... Doesn't mean we're going to not ask him about it, of course. And and those who are saying we should not give Joe Manchin attention are idiots because he controls the he he controls the Democratic agenda. So it would be it would be an interesting theory for somebody that's covering legislative politics to not talk to the one swing vote in the entire chamber. One of the main swing votes in the entire chamber. So, you know, they're going to spend next week dealing with changing the Senate rule. So this week is done. Let's just start with that. It's Wednesday. Uh, Senate has votes today. They canceled votes yesterday. Tomorrow's the January 6th, um, anniversary, ce- uh, not celebration, obviously commemoration. Um, and, uh, and also a bunch of Senate Republicans are going to Atlanta for Johnny Isaacson, former Republican senators funeral, uh, including Mitch McConnell. And so from there they have next week, next week is going to be spent on voting rights, uh, and on blowing up the Senate's rules, Uh, Nothing there for anybody for Democrats. Right. Because Joe Manchin has suggested not suggested Joe Manchin has said he is open. He wants to keep the filibuster. He's open to two things. He's opening. He's open to eliminating the cloture vote on the motion to proceed, which means he's willing to basically avoid a filibuster on getting to a debate on a bill would presumably um, allow more bills to come up for debate. And number two, he is willing to talk about changing the 60 vote threshold to a three fifths in the chamber threshold to break a filibuster. So let's say there's 90 people there that day to break a filibuster. You'd need three fifths of that, which I guess I'm not going to do the math, but it's it's too know. early. It's too early yeah, for math know, like I guess. that. Uh, yeah. Fifty four or whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, the The functional. Impact of that is more people would have to show up, I guess, or change the threshold if based on who's in the chamber. That is not the filibuster kind of reform overhaul blow up that a lot of Senate Democrats are asking for. It's but, just but the biggest
0: thing here is and, and I, is that he says to do these changes. He still wants to force Democrats to find 67 votes to change the rules instead of 51. There are not 67 votes in the Senate to make changes to the filibuster at this point.
1: There are not um that's absolutely right and um yeah, yeah so i mean he listen the senate democratic leadership is taking solace i guess you could say in the fact that Manchin said it is his preference to do so with republicans but even let's take the max here we we try to take the min and max to to analyze the situation even if he's willing to go nuclear to change the rules with 50 with 50 votes or with just democratic votes, this is still minor. This is still very, very, very modest changes to the filibuster. This is not getting rid of the filibuster at all. And maybe Manchin, um maybe Schumer, maybe if they if he if Schumer could get Manchin to do this, um maybe he positions this as a victory, but this would not functionally change the Senate. It would not. I mean, if you want to say more things get up for a vote, then that's fine. And you're happy with that, then that's fine. That is not changing the filibuster. So, like, let's just be real about that. And let's just admit the, the reality that he is talking about very modest, very, 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 very modest changes to the filibuster. And, um, and if he's able to get there at all.
0: All right, let's move on quickly to the number three story, which ties into all of this, which is what Democrats are going to do with uh, government funding. As uh, we remind everybody, it runs out on February 18th, and a full-year spending deal isn't even really being talked about in the Capitol. It's kind of stunning, actually. You know, the most of the focus on the Democrats has been on the Build Back Better Act, Republicans are wanting to kind of hold off any budget agreement until they see what happens with that proposal, which is currently languishing uh, in the chamber, not even expected to really be dealt with until the kind of last week or so of January at the earliest. Um, this is going to be a critical issue for uh, both Democrats and Republicans. It would be pretty unprecedented for them to just do a full year stop You know, stopgap spending uh, resolution to fund all federal agencies through September 30th. The House Appropriations Panel is trying to put this into focus with a couple of hearings um, next week to try to kind of force the issue. But It doesn't seem as if there is a deal in the offing right now.
1: Yeah, so uh, let's just deal with this briefly. There's no deal in the offing. What the Democrats are going to try to do um, in the next couple weeks is try to scare some life into people and say that um, how bad a stopgap measure would be. They're trying to talk about how bad it would be for the military, for the national security apparatus of the country. Um, I don't know. Again, with the Democrats kind of lining up a bunch of losses here in this month, Who the hell knows what they're going to do on government funding? I mean, there's no deal in the offing. So like, you know, it is what it is. And I I just it's this is going to be, you know, again, we're going to go right into we're going to have January is going to be completely dead. We're going to go right into February with all these. With trying to do the BBB against all odds, and then after that, trying to do trying to get avoid a government shutdown. Uh, remember, vaccine mandate uh, on businesses, if that's not adjudicated by the court. Republicans are going to cause trouble on that. So goodness gracious, what a uh, what a a rough kind of year here, a rough kind of few months here for for Democrats.
0: All right. Before we let you go, just want to remind you, we are super excited this year to be a media partner at CES, the massive tech and policy conference in Las Vegas, which is launching today. Uh, A bit of our thinking is that we at Punchable News convene our community all the time, virtually and in Washington and elsewhere. And as the world gets back to normal, we're going to try to have a presence at many of the events, our core audience attends. So you will be hearing every morning and certainly, you know, in our newsletters for the next, uh, For the rest of the week, what is happening at CS, if you are there on the ground, you see any conversations, huddles, or scenes you think people should know about, please let us know. You can email me at Anna at Punchbowl.News or Jake at Punchbowl.News. Also want to flag, we have our first editorial event of the year Uh, coming up. We are going to be hosting... Senator Todd Young, who's going to be interviewed about uh, global competitiveness and the role of American businesses in the 21st century economy on Tuesday, January 25th at 9.15 a.m. You can RSVP at our new and improved website at punchbowl.news. And with that, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Please feel free to share. Uh, Send us a review. Any thoughts on the podcast? We're always looking to improve it. And with that, have a great day. Stay safe.